Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers. Tom Campbell, the uh, moderator of NC Spin, a longtime friend of mine and uh, an associate and, and someone who has been following politics in North Carolina. North Carolina Spin has been there now for 21 years. How many, is, how many programs is it? This, will, uh, this week we're recording our 1,076th show. That's a lot. That's of a lot shows. of television. That's a lot of television. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people we we've been young, we've been old, we've been thin, we've been fat, we've had hair, we haven't had hair. <laughs> we you've just about seen the evolution of uh, particularly of the regulars on the show, John Hood and Chris Fitzsam. You've seen us evolve over a period of twenty years. Well, it's a, it's an interesting concept, and it, it really does give you both sides of every issue. Uh, and uh, that is something that is sort of missing. You know, we were talking about the the days of uh, Walter Cronkite and back in the days where we had three television, television networks. Station, yeah. Now what we have is people watching the channel that they already agree with. Exactly. And so they get supported in their belief, and that's probably not good. It, the best thing for people to always be is challenged, to think. I think so. Yeah. And so uh, we don't have much of that with the uh, cable news channels. People tend to... Uh, watch the one that they already agree with. And, you know, Ted Turner had such a great idea in 1980 uh, yep. with the Cable News Network. Yep. He really did. He, you know, he said, give me 15 minutes and I'll give you the world. Yep. Uh, he'll tell you what's going on. We've evolved from that. And and unfortunately, and, and we talked earlier about Rush Limbaugh, uh, it's hard for me to discern how much uh, of Rush Limbaugh is entertainment and how much of it is actual political <laughs> position and and thinking and the same is true with our cable news networks uh there's very little hard news being given to us instead what we're really getting is politicizing and and partisanship uh depending on as you say you self-select whether you're a democrat or a republican um if you're a republican and conservative you go to fox if you're a democrat and and more liberal you're you're at cnn or msnbc uh, and if you don't watch anything else but that, you don't get but just a, a, a minor perspective. Uh, curiously enough, the three major networks aren't really players anymore. No, they're really not. And, uh, and, and I, 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 we also talked about this before we went on the air. Uh, can I get in a plug for newspapers? Because I'm not a newspaper guy and you aren't either. We, we're broadcasters. But the truth of the matter is um, I, I pity what's going on in newspaper right now I, I i mourn for it and the reason for it is that the newspaper was always the place where we could go get a story in depth and they usually covered stories that you couldn't get on television or in radio news i talked to john drescher who used to be the executive editor over there a week or so ago at the news and observer and john told me that when he first went to the news and observer they had 250 people in their newsroom he said you know how many there are today 45 45 now the other part of it is those 45 are fairly young inexperienced you don't have the old hands over there anymore who have historical knowledge of what has taken place um and and it's just a sad commentary we don't need to lose our local newspapers we do not need to lose news talk stations like wptf and i'll put in a plug here for you because i talk about this when i go out uh, and, and make talks to civic clubs and so forth like that. This is important, folks. We're not going to get from the big TV stations. We're never going to get the kind of news on a local level that you're going to be able to get from your local radio station 
or your local newspaper, and we can't allow them. I it's just it's sad to me to think that they're going to go the ways of buggy whips. Well, it is a it's an interesting time, and of course, not only that, but you also then have social media beyond the uh, uh, cable channels. You have social media and internet uh, messages, and much and, of that social media is poisoned. Don. Well, that's where the term fake news came from. I mean, it really is poisoned <laughs> yeah. because. You know, it's like Bob Schieffer told me one time, he said, when you see a, sh- a story on CBS or NBC or one of the major networks, and even in the New York Times or the Washington Post, it's been vetted by somebody. Yeah. The, the person who wrote it had it vetted and then had it edited. And, and he said, on, on social media, you can say anything you want. You ought to, I know you get this on your website. The, the comments that I get from people are just hateful. We grew up thinking if you couldn't say something nice about somebody, don't say anything at all. Well, that was probably wrong. But now it's gotten to the point where people feel like they have a license to say anything they want to using any language that they want to any time they want to. And it is hateful and it's destructive. I wrote a column about this a week or so ago. The column was titled, If Everything is So Good, Why Is Everybody So Mad? (laughs) <laughs> well, you'd be amazed at the comments I had. And I finally, after about 20, I had 50-some comments on this particular uh, piece that I wrote. And, and after it was over with, I wrote, I, I wrote to the bottom of the, the, the uh, Facebook page, I said, you folks have just proved what I thought as my premise to start off with. It's angry. It's ugly. It's mean. Yeah. Well, and, and people are frustrated, and this is the way they take it out, and uh, it it, it's it's difficult. You know, one of the things that was uh, – we've got a tremendous amount of apathy going on because people are not exposed to stuff. Uh, you and I grew up in the era where all radio stations had to carry 90 minutes yep. of news a week, and so that meant the music stations carried five minutes of news every hour. It was forced on everyone, whether they were interested And or did not. that feel burdensome to you as an operator of no, a station? No, but not only that, but it got people engaged. They it did. They knew where Iran was. They knew. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they knew these things, and so uh, – uh, that was part of the demise is when the FCC, FCC took, deregulated. Uh, yeah, we yeah. can thank Ronald Reagan for that. Yeah. And then Bill Clinton finished yeah. it off. Yeah. So uh, we've got uh, a, a tremendous amount of apathy. Uh, people just uh, – I don't think it's true apathy. I think they really do care, but they don't know where to go to get uh, the information. The and they don't know, listen, part of all of this is they don't trust anybody yeah. anymore. Who, yeah. who do you trust? To give you news. I mean, it really, truly, who do you trust? Well, when you are involved in a newsmaking machine, uh, something that makes news, and then you see the reports, and you know what happened, and you see the reports of what happened, and there are two different stories. And so it makes you wonder, well, I really wonder what really is going on in the Far East or the Mideast. And let's say that the-, the men and the women who are reporting news by and large, are good, honest, decent people who are trying to do a good job. Yes, they have some biases. There's no question about it. You can't report without having a bias. But they really are trying to do an earnest job in reporting the news. It doesn't always work out, but as many times as not, I can trust a lot of what goes on with established media. Let's uh, change the subject and talk a little bit about the 20, uh, 2020 elections that are now right around the corner. Uh, where, where do you see the federal, uh, federal election going? Is, is, uh, uh, is, uh, Trump likely to be reelected? Well, this is, I mean, irrespective of what the Democrats might want to say, this is going to be a referendum on Donald Trump. 
and and there's no question about that. Now, the, the real question the Democrats have got to answer, in my opinion, is who can beat him. Uh, at this moment in time, if I had to bet, I'd bet it'd be Joe Biden, uh, primarily because Joe's been through this cycle before. He's he's seasoned. He's he's done this, uh, and, and also because I think that uh, he is a person who is electable. Not that some of the others aren't, but I think he can be. Uh, I think that's going to be the key thing uh, in in this election in 2020. Now, I think that's going to crawl down the ballot. And here in North Carolina, we're going to see a, a replay of that to some extent um, in, in that Trump might have a big influence on how the North Carolina elections turn out, particularly uh, so far as uh, the the legislature is concerned, and so far as our gubernatorial race is concerned, we're going to get a pretty early uh, testing of this uh, with Tom Tillis's U.S. Senate race uh, next year. Uh, uh, Tillis, uh, uh, this week, if you remember, uh, Donald Trump turned around and, and put his arm around Tom Tillis uh, and embraced him. Now, is that good for Tillis or bad for Tillis? Uh, he's got a pretty strong uh, primary uh, opponent already registered uh, and uh, the the far right doesn't think he's been hard enough so uh, and by the way the question is then who's going to be the democratic nominee and there's a field already um, my understanding i'll give you a news tip my understanding is that deborah ross may be getting into this race she ran for senate once before if you remember uh, against richard burr uh, I understand she might be running. Uh, Janet Cowell is being mentioned. There are several others that are being mentioned. Uh, will the Democrats beat themselves up trying to uh, get a nominee? Who knows? Can Tillis win? Who knows? We'll find out more about that um, as this election uh, turns out. Uh, I think we're just getting some information on the Supreme Court decision. Let me see this. This is a big, big news. The Supreme Court says have – the courts have no role to play in policing political districts drawn for partisan gain. Uh, the decision could embolden political line drawing for partisan gain when state lawmakers undertake the next round of 2020 census. Uh, claims of partisan gerrymandering do not belong in federal court. The court's conservative Republican-appointed majority said that voters and election officials should be the arbiters of what's so in assessments, they just kicked the decision back down to the state. So unless the state comes up with some sort of independent redistricting, uh, what we got now stands. That That is a very interesting decision. Well, it's called kick the can. That's it. You got it. <laughs> kick the can. I should have just said that to start well, off with. Kick the can is always, when you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is kick the can. Uh, We've done it again. Yeah. Well, uh, that's interesting. And this is very interesting because the court – the, the, the people have been look all of the United States have been looking to the court to give us some guidelines as to what does or doesn't constitute fair uh, redistricting. Uh, this court just essentially said, hey, we ain't getting into that. <laughs> you guys figure it out for yourselves. Well, there, there have been times where some other people didn't get the can and wish they had, but that's aside <laughs> from the point. 
Our guest is Tom Campbell. We've got one more segment of Carolina Newsmakers coming up. Tom, of course, is the moderator of NC Spin, and of course, we're recording the program prior to its air, and that's the reason that news we're recording it on Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, and that's when the news just came in. So we'll be back with one final segment right after these messages. In small towns and big cities, from coast to coast and around the world, Habitat for Humanity volunteers gather with purpose. Hand in hand, they come together. They may be strangers or they may be friends, but they are all builders of hope and homes. Hammers are raised, bricks are laid, dreams take shape, and another family finds shelter in a home they help build. Through their time and talents, Habitat for Humanity volunteers are helping change lives for the better, and in the process, maybe even changing their own lives as well. Together, we can eliminate substandard housing. Won't you join us? Support the work of Habitat for Humanity in your community or wherever your heart leads you. Now more than ever, please volunteer, get involved, and help build it. Visit us at Habitat.org. When we get old, Will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. And welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is the moderator of NC Spin, Tom Campbell. We've talked about the program several times. NC Spin, of course, is on UNC TV uh, weekly on several time periods. If you'd like to know when, you can either go to the program schedule of UNC TV or ncspin.com. That's correct. And find that out. Uh, NC Spin, a, a very interesting program. They always have two conservative uh, guest and two liberal guests, and they are always uh, discussing each issue and giving their views and is, is a good way to get a balanced look at what is going on. In, and if I can uh, do a shameless self-promotion, well, you we're gonna, this, this week's show is going to be really interesting because we're going to be talking about that court decision that we just talked about. And in addition, we're talking about the budget process. And then we're talking about some interesting Census Bureau information. You know, North Carolina is getting older. Well, it is, and of course, this is a popular place for people to retire. And so, not only are we getting growth with young people, but we're also getting growth because it's this is a great state to live in. When you and I were working together here at WPTF years ago, the average, the median age in North Carolina was twenty-eight point four or something like that. You know what it is now? Thirty-eight point three. Now, this is okay. Admittedly, a number of years later. And yet, the the truth of the matter is, we're getting older. Well, and of course, people are living longer also. That's another factor that gets into that because of uh, better health conditions and so forth. And so uh, there's all sorts of factors playing into that, but it is true, and it will continue to be true. And, of course, North Carolina is now, what, the eighth largest state? Yeah. And then you get in – I mean, I I just did a thing for the Raleigh Chamber of Commerce this past week, uh, and and a guy from the Federal Reserve, the Charlotte – a branch of the Federal Reserve came and talked about North Carolina's economy. And, and the question everybody was asking is, are we headed for a recession in 2020? And his answer was very, very interesting. 
he said, there are some signs right now in the economy that are a little concerning, a little, little concerning. But he said, if I had to bet, I'd say that we are not going to have a recession in 2020. Furthermore, uh, if anybody's going to survive and thrive during this, it's going to be North Carolina and especially the Raleigh area. Well, the uh, you know the this I think we have finally found ways to balance off, and of course there was great lessons learned in the last deep recession that we had. Hopefully, we, we learned a lot of lessons during that that I think will long be remembered, and that may save us from having anything close to that kind of recession if we have one. Uh, you know, it is an economic cycle. I mean, it is. It is. And it is. There's going to be. Ups but he. But he said this is really interesting. He said, you know, good economies don't just die they're murdered he said there's always been something the arab oil embargo yeah. the the housing crisis yeah. i mean think about it there's always been something that has triggered the downturns yes. in the recession yes. and yeah. he said what we at the fed look at is what are the triggers what are the things that we can see uh he had a very interesting talk i'm gonna be doing a column on it soon and, and as well as having him on my show uh because uh, it's good data. And, you know, we can sit around and talk about and politicize and think about, theorize uh, things as long as we want to. It, it's helpful to have some actual hard facts occasionally. Yeah. One of the things I, I didn't have this on my list to talk about, but because uh, uh, Sanders has made a case of this, what do you think about this uh, proposal to eliminate student debt? I mean, student debt is clearly a problem. It's a major problem, and there's no question about it. But I don't see how – first of all, why why choose students? And, and by the way, the student debt is really a symptom of the fact that higher education is costing too much. we got to figure out how to deliver higher education at a lower cost. And Margaret Spellings, we talked about her, was really into that and was really trying to do something about that, as was, by the way, Carol Fold at UNC. Uh, the, 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 the thing that we've got to do is to figure out how to help keep when – you're, when you're a young person and you're starting off with $80,000 in the hole, you, you're starting a new job and you're $80,000, it's hard to climb out of that. Yes, hole. it is. However, students are no different than people who've bought homes or people who've bought cars or people who have run up credit card debts. Why pick them to relieve their debts and not everybody else. That is problematic, and I'm not sure I think that can happen. And of course, the, the best way, or a way, to, a way I'm not going to say it's the best way to put money in people's hands is to cut taxes, and then they have more money to pay off debt. Assuming that they pay taxes to begin yes. with. And that's, that, you know, that becomes an issue also. How do you cut taxes from people like a student who's probably not paying any taxes? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing. Well, Tom, we've got about uh, four minutes, and so what is your projection of what we're going to see in the news? Uh, let's take the state level first in the next uh, 60 days. Well, I think the, the budget is going to be big news in North Carolina. This this redistricting decision that we've talked about I think is, is going to reverberate. I'm, I'm not sure. It, it's really going to toss it back to the legislature into uh, the partisans as to what are we going to do about having uh, politicians who are chosen by the people and not politicians who choose their own electorate. Uh, and that's a big issue in North Carolina, and it's, it's definitely one we've got to fix because as long as we've got uh, a situation in which, uh, for instance, if you run in the city of Raleigh as a Republican, your chances of winning are just not very good. Uh, because of the fact that uh, 
it's it's a uh, it's it's largely a Democratic plurality now in in Raleigh and Wake County. On the other hand, uh, if you're out in Pitt County and you're a Democrat, you don't stand much of a chance. I, I'd like to see this again become a time when the party was less important and the persons what they stood for, what their platforms were. Uh, became an issue. Uh, I'm not sure I see that changing anytime soon. I think that the political climate in North Carolina, I don't see it getting any better anytime soon, and and that's sad to me. I think we're still going to be having the fights between Governor Cooper and the Republican legislature. Uh, I think Trump is going to be a very big influence uh, on how things go in this state over the next few months. I've never seen anybody who, who frankly, just polarized people so much. I mean, uh, you essentially have white males uh, who just think he hung the moon, and he's like a Pied Piper to them. I mean, they just follow along behind him, anything he says. Uh, on the other hand, you've got the, the, the people, and I'm not able to read how large that is, who just say anybody but Trump. I'd vote for my dog before I voted for Do- Donald Trump again. Or, or, or ever. Uh, how large is that? I think we're going to see a sorting out of that uh, over the next few months. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of these national candidates coming into our state. Because we moved our uh, uh, presidential primaries and our uh, gubernatorial primaries to March 8th of next year, they're going to have to start filing in December. We're going to see these people coming into North Carolina in droves. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to be a player in the, in the game yeah. nationally. Yeah. So we're going to see some of that taking place. Um, those are the big things I'm looking at. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch all this happen. And, uh, of course, as you said, uh, uh, the court decision this week also brings that back as a, as a huge hot issue. Yeah. Uh, very hot topic. Well, you've sort of left me with an awkward amount of time because I don't have enough time to give you a question that you have time to answer. So let me just thank Tom Campbell, who is the producer of NC Spin, and I want to. Uh, I'm, my my plug for your program is not shameless; it's honest. It's one of uh, North Carolina's real opportunities to find out about the real facts and the issues of the state, and it's on UNC TV. You can find out more about it by going to ncspin.com, that's Tom's website, or UNC TV. Can I say something in closing? You and I have been friends for a long time. I admire you, I appreciate you, and thank you for what you continue to do for our state. Well, you're kind to say that. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, who will have another interesting, as a matter of fact, I think it's going to be Dale Falwell next week, and we will look forward to having you with us at that time. So the next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina, by the way, you can hear a repeat of this broadcast by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. We'll have you back next week. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.